0: Hi there! If you know anything about me, you know I'm a total Marlon James head, which makes this episode a totally exciting one because it is the first of a two-part conversation about one of Marlon James' novels. Yay! (laughs) In this first part, I talk with one of my favorite fellow bookworms, Faramola Shonakan, about Black Leopard, Red Wolf james's fourth novel and the first book in his dark star trilogy what's especially exciting is that the second book in the trilogy moon witch spider king just dropped this past february so the next two episodes of the sherry show are the perfect refresher before you dive into part two and of course you don't have to worry there is a sherry show conversation about the second book already in the works in the meantime though brush up on that first book please do enjoy this conversation i got to have with farah about black leopard red wolf and don't forget to tune in for the second part of the conversation The last time that we talked, the novel that you had just reading in your Pomodoro time, your (laughs) Pomodoro five minutes, (laughs) was Black Leopard, Red Wolf. And that's the book by Marlon James. Marlon James is, um, this is his fourth novel Mm -hmm. um, that we're going to talk about today. To refresh for this conversation, I listened to it and I was out on the road driving when I heard this part that referred to... Um, the expansion of the war, because in the novel there's a war that's also happening around mm-hmm. the, the yeah. center story, right? Yeah. Um, but the expansion of the war was coming and people were coming to invade, and it was just like, oh, like for the first time in like four readings, I'm just like, this is a colonial allegory. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Where, what <happened> <laughs> <that>? <laughs> it's, but it's weird because there's so many other things happening in this novel that. Mm-hmm. The thing that's always kind of prevailing in books by black writers in this particular way, like you're always looking for um, you're always looking for the engagement with um, with coloniality or post-colonialism. Right? Yeah. If you're me, if you're me. Um, but then this is like 900 pages into the 1200 page book and <laughs> you are you, you're so invested in everything else that's mm-hmm. happening. It's like you don't even notice it. But yeah. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let me give you a hard question to start with. <laughs> perfect let's do it <laughs> what would you tell people that this book is about black leopard red wolf i know right because i don't need that question i would say holy buttings
1: <laughs> i mean I, I guess what it is what what is it not about um because mm. it's, it's about so much uh marlon james is said to have called it um the black game of thrones or something mm-hmm. like that which mm-hmm. is very interesting um, but how I would describe it, it's about this um, very, uh, this recluse named uh, tr- name Tracker. Um, and he has um, a skill. He can basically smell out anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. And so... He it's been um, said
0: that you have a nose. Said, it's been said he has a nose. <laughs> this is a line that's repeated over and over to just yes. like humorous um, quality in the novel. I, anyway. Yes,
1: definitely. <laughs> he he has a nose, which uh, based off of the descriptions that he provides in this narrative of certain smells that he comes across. I'm not sure if that's a blessing or a curse because he Mm -hmm. smells all sorts of things. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Um, The olfactory, the olfactory is like, this is the first thing that I noticed when I read this novel was how invested it was with the smell sense. Mm -hmm. It's a very sensuous novel. Like it's very invested in all kinds of um, feeling and touch and hearing. Very sensory. Smell, smell is the the um, central, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I think
1: I think Marlon James, uh, I think he did that on purpose so he could like really dive into this language that uh-huh. kind of makes us pull back a little bit. We uh-huh. don't tend to uh, think the way that he writes, or we try to <laughs> avoid it because it's very carnal uh-huh. um, and and almost it's just nasty <laughs> it makes it, yeah it makes you
0: recoil I'll yeah. play a story I keep interrupting you what your um oh, your man. narrative of um of what this book is about but this is this is James's writing James's writing very much you know James you have diehard James fans like mm-hmm. like me mm-hmm. um the ultimate James fan that I'm mm-hmm. gonna call myself um <laughs> <laughs> um you have diehard James fans and you have people who are just not here for it because of that disgust and that sense of yes. nastiness and yes um butthole smells for for you know to to get like really all into it. Armpit yes. smells, yes. rotting intestines. Mm-hmm. He's the, the his mm-hmm. books are very much in 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 into um into producing this 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 kind of experience of the sensory that makes you want to recoil when you're reading right and some people some people recoil like the violence Mm -hmm. is too much the sensory Mm -hmm. experience is too much yeah um and so they recoil and they're just like i'm not ever gonna yeah i went to a i went to a symposium once and we were talking about his other novel um a Brief History of Seven Killings, mm-hmm. which has way more than seven killings in it. It is super violent. <laughs> like, you can only, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's exactly like this. I want to say this may mm-hmm. be more violent than A Brief History of Seven oh, Killings, okay. but I haven't read it in a while. So I have to, mm-hmm. I'll, 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 I'll temper that a little bit. Um, but I was just going on and on about this novel and my dissertation advisor said to me, um, who who was also at this symposium? She was just like Sherry. I read the first four pages and was so pissed. I brought it back to the bookstore. I mean, are you on Marlon James's payroll or what? It's <laughs> 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 just like oh boy. Come on, come on. These books are great, right? Um, but you know, I I I paused right in this moment of recoil because I think it's super interesting the way that um, that feeling of. Disgust kind of yeah. reels some of us in but repels yeah. other people. Like there are people Definitely. who just some just refuse to read this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. and i think he makes a note of you know making sure that we know how he's going to write from the very beginning mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. probably why um your advisor like returned the book immediately because i feel like in like his mind book. he was like if you can't handle the heat I, I i leave i advise that you leave now because it's <laughs> going to get a lot worse it's gonna get nastier from here yeah
0: um, yep. and yep. so
1: i i appreciated that because it's like okay this is what i'm I'm getting into, like, this is what I signed up for. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, you you have to make a conscious decision whether you want to, uh, you know, jump on that bandwagon uh, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, just follow through the story, follow the story as it goes, because mm-hmm. uh, it gets mm-hmm. nastier. Uh, yeah.
0: So Trekker has a nose. Yes, he has a nose. And he smells really yucky things. He smells
1: everything, (laughs) uh, everything. um, Things I didn't even think that you could smell or, Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, And so he obviously, um, you know, he's a a recluse. He's a bit, he kind of, uh, he he has a very uh, complicated family history. And so Mm -hmm. he, because of that, he bears a lot of shame and a lot of, um, internal conflicts regarding certain family members, including his mother. Um, and so he, you know, he goes out on his own and, um, he, he decides to, uh, use his nose to, you know, make it in the world and, um, you know, uh, come under the employ of powerful people who, you know, are in search of something. And so he's a bit of a bounty hunter. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, along the way he comes across a companion or, Someone he uh begrudgingly accepts as a friend, uh the leopard. Um that's what, what that's what he goes by. Um there's no other name, but uh he
0: yeah. Quasi. Is it Quasy? He goes by Quasi. Well, it's not his name. He goes by Quasi when he's in um man form. So the leopard. Oh yes, yes, the yes. Leopard yes. can transform, right? Yes, but yeah, yes. he's mostly the leopard. Quasi yes, yes. you're right though. Quasi comes in as um a kind of derisive name because he's a leopard, right? And leopards don't have names. Yeah. He, um, he doesn't like so. his human. He doesn't even like to
1: wear clothes. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 He, he definitely prefers to be in a uh, uh, leopard form. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, um, mm-hmm. but this, mm-hmm. this seems to be trackers. Um, I can't really think of uh, a whole lot of people that tracker uh, um lets in, yes. um, into his, you know, personal, very close circle. Cause he's, He's. It's kind of hard to for. Uh, if he doesn't make a, a whole lot of friends. He uh, yeah. he keeps it. He keeps his. Uh, he keeps everything close close to heart. Um, and so he he and uh, Leopard find themselves um, under the employ of a very mysterious um, figure that wants them to, and along with a few other mis- interesting characters, to find a young boy. Um, and so along the way of trying to find this very mysterious boy. Um, Tracker, the Leopard, and these
0: other characters, such as this giant called uh, Sadogo. Sadogo. I love Mm -hmm. him. Sadogo is my... Sadogo died... Oh no, I'm sorry. Did I just give a spoiler? (laughs) 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 Sorry! I'm going to try not to give any more spoilers, but... <laughs> to, just to tell you how wonderful Sadogo was mm-hmm. Sadogo ends up dying. He's one of yeah. the people who does not make it to the end of the novel, yeah, but it's just like I'm reading it, and Sadogo dies, and I'm like, no, I know <laughs> I know that oh. was it was sad it was true, but you know, it's just it like was. sad ogo, sad ogre is yeah. um, it just makes you just like feel. I think this is the thing that's super interesting about this novel is that, um. As violent as it is, as gross as it is, there is something about the way it plots tenderness and yeah. friendship that is, like, it it, it leaves you kind of raw when the things happen to the people in this that you get invested in, right? Yeah. And you're not just invested in them so that they'll win and they'll find the child, but you're yeah. invested in them because, like, these are people who... um and beings who you 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 come to appreciate over the course of the novel, right? And you begin to understand them in ways that when they're not um, mm-hmm. there anymore, you're just like, yeah. oh. I know, <laughs> I know.
1: And I think the fact that Tracker, he, you know, he he, uh, it takes a while for people to, you know, actually, you know, for him to actually accept people. And mm-hmm. so when he does accept these people, such as mm-hmm. Sadovo, mm-hmm. it's even it's it, the 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 sorrow that we feel of uh-huh. people like that, go, you know, passing um, uh-huh. it felt even more, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It's, it's more, uh, you know, palatable. Um, and, and so I think that's why I like the fact that Marlon James um, made tracker. So um, uh, very, he has this wall around him. And so when, so when people can, when people, uh, uh, perpetrate the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, these feelings are felt more intensely, and so yeah. I really appreciated the way that Marlon James, you know, went about creating these characters because mm-hmm. I feel like that influenced how we experience things emotionally.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about Mosi. Mosi, like I think I, I pus- I put it. I, either on instagram or on facebook somewhere but every time i read this i'm like tracker and Mosi forever it's they are they are my favorite novel couple yeah. ever in, yeah. all <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um,
1: in all of all of that
0: <laughs> tell us about Mosi. so
1: Mosi, he's this prefect which is basically he's like um a soldier and he works for the king's army and whatnot um and you know he uh he and tracker come they he comes on tracker's path because you know tracker's trying to uncover the secrets of of who this boy is and mostly you know he's he's a law and so uh-huh. um you know they you know they butt heads a little bit <laughs> when they first meet but um, uh-huh. you can you definitely notice this instant attraction uh-huh. um, that they have for each other and like mutual curiosity for each other and whatnot and i and based off of how tracker you know talks about mosi you could tell that he sees him differently from than anybody else yeah. uh-huh. um and he mosi's probably uh one of the kindest characters i think along with uh-huh. uh-huh. in the story he's incredibly sc- skilled with the sword uh-huh. um, and he uh yeah. for some he's reason clever, i don't know too. he's very clever uh-huh. um and for some reason i i maybe i'm not so sure why but he decides to follow tracker in this adventure uh-huh. um I, and he you know he doesn't Necessarily have any personal motive um, uh-huh. uh, th- that I think, but he uh-huh. he decides to follow Tracker and um, you know embark on this very dangerous um, adventure with him, uh-huh. um, and I think that uh, you know uh, I I really loved witnessing their love because it takes a while for tracker to you know open his heart up to him mm-hmm. but um because besides um mosey leopard the leopard is the only, the only other person yeah mm-hmm, that yeah. tracker mm-hmm. seems to you know open up to uh, and so i love mosey by the fact that he is able to make tracker experience love
0: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
1: which is something that tracker i guess thinks he's undeserving of or Uh you know is far too strong to experience or right and whatnot yeah
0: right 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 yeah like this is the thing about this novel that like at the core of it in the middle of this quest for this child um is is this really powerful love story right um between these two people who find themselves in in, in, in in the middle of this quest that Tracker is doing and you know Mosi's law upholding yes. and um I think he goes with him because wait should I say no, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say why. <laughs> we'll why. I will ruin it, I won't ruin it. I will ruin it. I'll <laughs> tell you after we stop recording. Okay, why. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why. I wanna know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like it's 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 a it's weird because However many times I read it there's still like things that are surprising to me that I didn't notice before and I wasn't thinking about before um and again like that colonization thing that um the allegory of it was a thing I I hadn't actually paid attention to and so um like immediately when you said it I'm like oh I know why he went yeah. um but anyway we won't give and we're gonna work on not giving any more spoilers we're gonna be very careful it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard but we can I mean this is the thing it's such a layered um story yes. with um all of the fighting and all of the love and all of all kinds of things and so it's it's tough it's tough to to, to not give stuff away I want to ask now, like, what do you like about this novel? Um...
1: What do I like about this novel? What made me not want to put it down on yeah. certain pages where it's like, okay, I maybe I can't do this anymore. I can't
0: exactly. Like this is. <laughs> and I ask this question not to be trite or anything because i I actually don't know why I like these novels. Yeah. Like I can't I mean, this is a thing like Marlon James consistently does this kind of thing with yeah. these books. Um And, you know, they're prurient. They're um salacious. they're 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 all kinds of yuck um yes. and, and cringy and yeah but you can't put them down no you can't um
1: you know you know when uh you see something disgusting and it repulses you but you just can't stop looking at it yeah. you know what i'm talking about
0: yeah 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 that's, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how i there are lots of moments in this novel that are like that like yeah. um I'm thinking about the first time that he comes across the the sasabonsam tree with the with the rotting limbs. Yeah. Yeah, literally like rotting limbs hanging from (laughs) trees. Well you can't look away. No, no, because you're just like, why why are these limbs in this tree? What is happening? Right?
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess the, the first reason why I, I guess I liked the story is kind of like this, this, um, subconscious, like human, like this, this subconscious human thing in which, you know, you can't stop looking at it. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I, I don't really experience a whole lot of, uh, stories like that. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think, Uh, authors tend to know what the boundaries of their readers are. And they Uh oftentimes like, you know, try and stick with those, those boundaries, pushing it a little bit, but you know, Uh sticking with those boundaries, but
0: um, uh, Marlon Marlon James is like, fuck you and your boundaries reader. I don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) He doesn't give a (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that that makes me like very, um, very curious and very, Uh um, you know, just, it's, it's all just, gross but it just makes me it makes me even more curious to see Mm -hmm. what else he could he can do so um that's one reason why i like the book um
0: i think this this business of um this business of um you know seeing where else he could go right it's super interesting because among the arguments um Against James, that 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 I I experience or that people say, it's just like you know, what is all of this in aid of? Like, yeah. does it need to be here? Does it need to be like this? Does he yeah. need to push this hard, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes I have answers to that, and sometimes I don't. But I think. You you hit the nail on the head here really well when when you say like I want you know I I want to see where this is going yeah. like wh- where are you, why are you pushing me this yeah. far out of out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. for reading books mm-hmm. right yes definitely definitely and I I just don't experience that a whole lot and
1: so mm-hmm, I think that's why mm-hmm. I liked it so much mm-hmm. um, and then I guess another reason why I liked it is his. Um, the amount of research that I could tell he put a lot of research into this story. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's obvious not only by the like how thick the book is, but uh-huh. just by the creatures that we um, uh-huh. that we encounter. Um and you know, there's certain like there's certain creatures that, um, besides tracker, who himself is, I mean, I don't know where he gets his nose, but you know, he has this in- very in- this incredible ability, and then there's leopard. And there are these other creatures, there's the 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 Sagoma
0: witch and uh-huh. um uh you know the Ogo. Um uh-huh. and, uh, and
1: so I really Sokka a
0: Vampi. Yeah. I feel like Mosi is the only Mosi is the only person human. in the main yeah. characters who is just like he's 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 boring human, he doesn't have any special yeah. abilities. Yeah, um, that's
1: very true. And even like uh even like uh creatures who um even like humans uh, tend to become other creatures If you know what I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to give anything away But, mm-hmm, um, you know, even mm-hmm. like a human uh, You know, turns uh, Oftentimes can turn into it Like this very dangerous creature But for for some reason Mostly stays human Which I found very interesting
0: mm-hmm. um, I never thought about it Until yeah, we had yeah. this conversation yeah. He actually does not morph into anything Yeah, he doesn't mm-hmm, He doesn't mm-hmm. um, And no special skill Like, because, you know Tracker is supposedly human But he's got that And, uh, and again, to, like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the nose. Yeah, yeah, and so that makes him like not as human
1: as Mosi, which I think maybe that's why he loves Mosi so much because uh-huh. he maybe he reminds him of a, a human side. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But uh-huh. But, uh-huh. but anyways, um, I was I was saying that like um, these creatures, I've never ever read about these kind of creatures before. I feel like in a lot of fantasy fiction, there's a lot of repetition in like the introduction of like certain mythical creatures, um, uh-huh. and maybe it's all entirely Western based. Okay. And that's how I've, that's what I've become comfortable with in the world of fantasy, you know, very Eurocentric Western creatures. Um, uh-huh. But, but like here I, I could tell that Marlon James, he does, he doesn't just um, think of these creatures on the fly. He definitely does his research and looks into African mythology and African history and whatnot. And that's how we are able to, um, uh, you know, experience these new creatures that I've never even like uh-huh. thought of. Just when I think that there's, that I've I've read about everything, um, mm-hmm. he proves me wrong, and mm-hmm. so I really really like that about um, about his story. The fact that there's these new kinds of beings, yeah um, yeah yeah, and I really like that.
0: I think it's it's super interesting too there because some of these creatures, um, so Sasa Bonsam, for example, finds its way into Caribbean folklore, like in mm. in 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 in, um, in Caribbean literature too. So like Michelle Cliff has, Michelle Cliff has a novel note at the end of No Telephone to Heaven where a Bonsam creature shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Marlon James does something completely different with this, but yeah, he really he did a lot of. Um, Archival reading mm-hmm. into into like texts and manuscripts that you know you touch them and they fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, into reading about these kinds of mythical creatures, you know, yeah. some of them came from, but a lot of them actually are a part of um, of African folklore that yeah. isn't in that isn't in any of the books that we have. And if you're not Marlon James, who's gonna like go into dusty libraries and dig up these things, right? Yeah, like you're not gonna find them in yeah. books. Yeah. Um, and so there are all kinds of really fascinating. Mm-hmm. One of the things about this book that um that I really anytime you see a book start, so like it's like a brief history of seven killings is like yeah. this too. Any book that you see start with a map mm. in the first part, yes. or like a family tree, <laughs> yes, or M-R-T. um or a key, some yeah. kind of key, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> or or like those who appear in this account. So, this is mm-hmm. the second book with, um, with that yes. with like a cast of characters in yes. the front. And it's just mm-hmm. like you are going to need a guide, yes. to read through to this, it, yeah, yeah. I, I referred to it many, many constantly, times. yeah, constantly, um, yes. to sort of see where we are. And so, this time when I when I when I read it too, like a thing that I paid attention to as well was how. He drew the different lands like Congo or, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what's the name of the one that are basically the houses are in trees, but they have lots of pulleys. And there's a oh, weird, yeah. oh, gosh, there's like a, was it? um, let me see if I can
1: find was it. Dolingo,
0: Dolingo, yes, yeah. it was Dolingo. Um, and there's we won't tell you what is what it is that runs this space, but it's yeah. just like what's mm-hmm. interesting is like you know, there is. It's it's the descriptions that are coming through all of the invention that he does of creatures of of um not necessarily invention but all of the all of the imagining of of these folkloric um creatures of civilizations that have it's progressive right so like dolingo is like our final example of technology at its highest because yes. that's where um they're able to extract from tracker um where the child is because yeah. tracker yeah. has smelt him and located him yeah. in ways yeah. that you know, embedded in science and technology, and mm-hmm. and so in as much as there is a lot of this um, pre-colonial research into um, what creatures from folklore looked like, there's also this really fascinating melding of science and architecture yeah. and development. That's that's, that's one of the things that is really that's that's one of the things that I'm really into. Um, yeah. About this about this book, that it's very yeah. much also invested in demonstrating this mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, development.
1: Yeah, in, and in, he did it, he did it with did such, it with such finesse, finesse too. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like you know when we were in Dolingo, it didn't feel like we were transported to a different story or a different mm-hmm. time. We still felt like we were in a, the same time, the same yeah. you know, the yeah. same yeah. setting. But yeah. he, he he managed to intertwine you know all of the science and technology. Yeah, uh, rather. Yeah. Fluidly,
0: as if mm-hmm. it was always there, it, and I, you know, it, I didn't question it really. Yeah, and now that we're talking about it, the thing that this is why I love talking about books with super smart people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the thing that really, the thing that's that I'm that I'm sort of realizing now, to the extent that we can start to think about this as as symbolic of other things in our present understanding, it's like. It's like how our world is set up too, in terms of developing and underdeveloped, right? So we can think of mm-hmm. um, the Ganga and the coup that, um, that Tracker come from, the, that particular land of people as, as being more agrarian people, yeah. more farming people. Mm-hmm. And then we move across the landscape of this text because yeah. they're traveling to find the boy, right? They're traveling across different lands in various magical ways and non-magical ways. Yeah. Um, to find this boy. But as you move across the landscape of the text, it's like you're progressing through um, ways that we think about advancement in, 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 in modernity, right? Mm-hmm. That have technology and, you know, they're slaves. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are all kinds of things that are involved in development. Um, yeah and the last land that we're kind of shown the last new land that we're kind of shown is our most our most advanced one yeah. with 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 um elevators mm-hmm. and um Definitely. super interesting super yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Um, I think but, in a way
1: that he was trying to um help make us like reconsider Africa or you know yeah. other um developing spaces um mm-hmm. that you know in in the world it, it, it he made us realize how like not like how it's not one dimensional. Uh, a lot of like places, spaces such as Africa, Asia, like uh, you know Latin America and Car- the uh-huh. Car- Caribbean. There's so much dimension and a lot more development that we g- that we don't give these give credit to these places. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I don't know if it was intentional that he was doing this, but I think I, I came off of this story, you know, having a deeper appreciation for you know non-Western spaces. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He definitely yeah. did a good job at doing that. Even or like non-Western
0: modes of storytelling too, Exactly, right? Yes. yeah, definitely,
1: mm-hmm, definitely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And I guess that leads me to another thing that I liked about it, the way in which the story was told because, uh-huh. you know, um, again, you know, comparing a contrasting Eurocentric to, you know, African ways of, you know, conceiving ideas, you know, uh, in, in the Western way of storytelling, it's very much, you know, writing everything down and and you know uh they very much enshrine literature and even though this is literature Mm -hmm. the way in which the story is told is very oral it's very Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 literally
0: oral it's It's literally literally oral oral.
1: it's an account Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. told from the very mouth of tracker and you Mm -hmm. know that they call that first person uh Mm
0: -hmm. they call
1: that a first person narrative but it's more than that it's Mm -hmm. that it's uh james is very intentional in how the story is told um, and how uh, it, it's not being written down. It's being told between, you know, uh, uh-huh. two people. Um, and I really, really appreciated that as well, because it I think it, made, it, made, it makes us have to, Reconsider how how we read these stories, and how oftentimes yeah. stories—the way in which literature is told—is very one-dimensional, and, and, and yeah, they're just one way.
0: Yeah, I think this is something that I paid attention to this time around as well. That kind of narrative form, because he is telling the story, and it's all mm-hmm. about it, and it, it splits right. So, like mm-hmm. he's he's in he's in jail in the first part. Um, and the first thing that he says, so this is another, I hope I don't forget what I'm going to say, but I, I, one of the cool things about all of Marlon James novels, mm-hmm. and it's not cool, but all of them start with death. So like every single one of them, the first one, um, I can't remember what what, are, what was the first sentence, but like this one is, the, the, this one, it begins, the child is dead. Child is so dead. you sort of already know that that yeah. quest is, is moot. A brief history of seven killings starts with um, a dead man talking. Mm-hmm. The book of night women begins with the death of the protagonist's mother. Yeah. Like they're all kind of invested in in in, in death in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I was going to forget what I was going to say with that digression. <laughs> it was about um, <laughs> it was about storytelling. That's where I was going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's in jail and he is telling an inquisitor. Um, the inquisitor is saying tell me a story tell me a specific story and we I I don't think we should talk about the story that tracker finds it hardest to tell like the Inquisitor is pushing him to tell a specific story um, about himself that he spends the entire novel avoiding Yeah, He's stalling and stalling and stalling, stalling, right? And we eventually get it and we won't tell you what that story is, Um, but it moves across Tracker talking to the, um, the Inquisitor. There's one point when the leopard is telling Tracker a story that Tracker is then telling to the Inquisitor. There's another point where he sees he's caught in an Nancy's web and the Anansi asks him tell me a story give me a story and he's giving him the story um yeah. that um no the Anansi is giving him a story that he's giving to the Inquisitor and mm-hmm. storytelling becomes this elaborate deflection yeah from the thing that we're actually interested in because the novel is supposedly yeah. about the quest for this child right yeah but the novel tells us at the very beginning the child is dead yeah so yeah. It's not even about him, but it's still kind of about him. Yeah. Um, but it keeps moving. Like storytelling becomes obstruction, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like what you're saying here too about um, literature and what literature does with storytelling and what we've come to expect from orality versus what's on print, right? It's just like, it's really about what is giving us access to the thing that we yeah. want. Yeah. Right? And this spends a really long time, like, you know, thwarting the Inquisitor. He's just like, I'm not going to tell you that story, Inquisitor. Stop asking me (laughs) about that story, Inquisitor. (laughs) But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he tells us too. Um, So, yeah, this is is one of the things that I really appreciated about it as well. It's sort of very expansive in how it uses storytelling as a trope for um, information gathering, Mm -hmm. right? It's in the context of... And you know, when you mentioned that Morsi was a lawman, I realized too, like this book is also very much invested in, um, in policing and and, and systems true. of governance, right? That's true. That's um, true. Th- That I didn't notice before yeah. either. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. he, yeah. he
1: very Tracker very much operates on this lawlessness, and he mm-hmm. you know associates with you know criminals and mercenaries and you know people who are definitely off the grid and don't like function normally mm-hmm. in society and so most he's like this i guess another you know he's a different kind of perspective that comes mm-hmm. in and reminds us that uh you know tracker also has to deal with another you know entity that mm-hmm. he, he he he's managed to avoid but you know mm-hmm. um, we'll see how far he, he's able to to do that yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Because like you know, it's always just like how many people he's killed on his way. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> yes. tracker leaves. It's like a trail of bodies, bodies, and like yeah. l- body parts too. It's just <sighs> body it's, parts. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Definitely. Definitely. Anything else that stuck out to you that you like before we start to talk about what's challenging? Um, anything else that I liked? I, I mean, I think that's pretty much
1: it um I, and I guess I just generally uh speaking I really liked the way that he um you know made this story so unique in which I won't ever forget it mm-hmm. um he uh he really strove to you know uh carve his own space in the mm-hmm. world of you know fantasy and literature. fantasy yeah yeah he, he really he did a really good job at doing that Mm-hmm. And um and I the, the generally what I liked about the the book is how challenging it was and how it managed to you know, um get through those challenges. I when I finished the book I felt like I uh, I, I exercised a level of uh, literary endurance that I've never <laughs> yeah. really been able to exercise yeah. before, and yeah. so I appreciated what this book was able to bring out of me as a reader. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. That level of difficulty. Yeah. 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 That level of challenge too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the things that that's really attractive about Marlon James to me too is just like a refusal to be palatable to readers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. in a way that I don't think black writers are allowed to be. Um and even fantasy writers too, right? Yeah. Like I don't read a lot of I don't read a lot of fantasy. Like um I I think that um a thing that really frustrates me about this book is 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 how much um you know as the person who has worked on Marlon James my my partner has way more insight into this book because of the fantasy dimensions of it that I do in some aesthetic ways because he reads widely in that regard yeah. right and 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 um black writing african diasporic writing is in a really wonderful watershed moment of um a fantasy right now right it is. um from Nedia Corford yes, to AK yes. Jemison mm-hmm. um I'll 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 tell you offline my did I ever I I told you that about my imaginary beef with um one of those writers. I have an imaginary No, you beef. haven't. You haven't. I'll, you, I'll save that for okay, offline. I'm excited. <laughs> I have a feeling that I know who you're talking about. Everybody so. knows who I'm talking about when I say it. <laughs> Um I won't name any names, right? Yeah. But I I I think we can say it. So um <laughs> It was it was a it was just like a really silly Twitter thing, and um it was a it was a silly Twitter thing around um, when Naipaul passed away, um, vs Naipaul, very complicated figure in Caribbean um, writing and and mm-hmm. and larger like um Indian and African diaspora mm-hmm. writing, in general, right? Um, so he died, and they posted something on Facebook, um, not Facebook, Twitter, um, to the effect of um we have complicated feelings about these figures when they pass away because of their impact on the literary landscape, right? Mm -hmm. And um, my response had something to, I responded with a New Yorker essay by Teju Cole about meeting Naipaul at a dinner party. And Mm -hmm. um, I used hour in it because, you know, there was an hour and a "we" in her post. and then she replies to mine, you shouldn't presume to talk for anybody else but yourself. Please don't speak for me. She's so combative. And I'm just I- like, all right, I, I, I see you. I'm not even gonna bother to say in your tweet, <laughs> You said I oh, I don't like rude people, Clare Mola. I don't like rude people. <laughs> Me too. And Me I too. had three of her books on my shelf, and I have systematically just given those away. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. This is my imaginary beef. This is my imaginary beef, right? Yeah. Um, no yes. one else. This is a beef in my own mind. <laughs> but I'm just like, no, I don't. I don't even like fantasy. I'm just not going to read you. I'm not going to engage with you. Any more that that is not no I'm petty I am you know what you have a right to be I am okay with being that level of petty here you have a right because I
1: know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about I know how they present themselves on social media and I think it's well deserved that yeah
0: yeah, and so, but you know, but you know, the downside of that in my own mind is that I'm missing one of the biggest moments of fantasy writing in um, in 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 African and African diaspora literature right now, mm-hmm. and I still mm-hmm. like my petty is big enough. I I mean, there's a part of me that feels sad that I'm you know, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of FOMO, mm-hmm. but then you know, Marlon James comes out with a book like this, and I'm like, all right, you're not missing out <laughs> on anything, it's Marlon it. James, <laughs> um, and this you know, Jemison right? Jemison did um, Jemison's other book too um i only ever read one of her, one of her mm-hmm. books um the um the city we became yeah which was that also one. that oh, put it on your list it's really good okay I will. it's really good it's really good <laughs> I'm gonna write um, it down now. yeah the city we became i actually thought about teaching it um in my summer class this this mm-hmm. this summer but um it's hard. It's an online class and it's hard to do certain things in an online class. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's it's a really big moment for fantasy writing. And what's 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 amazing is that there are women, black women writers at the forefront of this walking in the tradition of Octavia Butler. in yes. Really wonderful ways. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> I, want I to you mentioned her. Yeah. yeah. I I mean cuz it's not new. Like none of this shit is new. Um no. but it it's, it's, it's you know there is there's that um and so you know just to acknowledge that even as I sort of refuse to engage with one of the major mm-hmm. figures because petty um and beef but <laughs> <laughs> but um you know Marlon James finds himself in a really with this novel in a really um Rich context of a fantasy and world making um, mm-hmm. and, and and I think distinguishes himself in some of the ways that that you're talking about here and that we've talked about um, in terms of the research that he's done in pre-colonial folklore um, yeah. in how he imagines world making in. Um, in, in how he imagines relationships and, and creatures and all kinds of things. Um, it yes. it really finds a, 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 a really solid place in an already kind of stellar field, right? It does.
1: And it, it makes you realize, like, people like this person that we're talking about and Marlon James, their stories are unique. But, um, you know, the brand of black being a Black um, fantasy writer slash science fiction writer is no longer, you know, as unique as it once was and I think mm-hmm. that's really reassuring um mm-hmm. you know it, it makes us realize that this this space is going to be more occupied as time goes mm-hmm. on and mm-hmm. that's really encouraging mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. especially if you're a fan of these kinds of books right Exactly. yeah um, I'm, I'm 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 almost hungry for for yeah. these kinds of stories because you know So this one is supposed yeah. to be a trilogy yeah, um yeah. And it's Which supposed is, to be a trilogy, it's and it's it's supposed to be, I don't know if it's going to end up being like this, it's supposed to be a trilogy, um, and it's supposed to be the same story, but told from, from a, a different, different yeah. yeah, so yeah. who would you, um, let me, you know what, let me save that from the, let me save that from my last question, can you okay. remember me that that's the last question that I want to ask, I, the last I, question that I want us to ask. I want to answer it so I won't forget <laughs> it. Okay, great, great. Who do we want to, whose perspective do we want to see this story from? Yeah. And there you have it, friends, the first part of my conversation on Marlon James's Black Leopard, Red Wolf with Faramola Shauna Be sure to listen to part two of this conversation in the next episode of The Sherry Show. In the meantime, though, since recording these episodes, I have become quite the fantasy reader because Marlon James and context. I've read, among other things, N.K. Jemisin's Broken Earth Trilogy and The Gilded Ones by Namina Forna. If you haven't read those, put them on your list. Anywho, be sure to tune in for part two.